there did come a time where I just felt like, you know, this isn't right for me anymore. And mainly because I'm focused on growth. If I'm not growing professionally, if I'm not growing spiritually, if I'm not growing with my wife and my family, you know, personally, then it's time to replace that. It's time to move on. It's time to pivot or do something a little bit different. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you want to become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're going to learn a ton. You will learn from real life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're going to share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. All right. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the Five Talents Podcast. We are super blessed, super excited, very humbled to have Mr. Brian Underwood on the recording or on our show today. Brian, how's it going, man? I'm well, Abel. How are you doing today, man? Thanks for having me. I'm doing excellent. Thanks for asking. I'm really excited that you know we finally get together and record a good conversation because I've known you, Brian, for some period of time, we're in a, a really great mastermind. And that's kind of how I got connected to Brian. And he's been doing some amazing things. So I'm pleased to have you as a guest. I know you're going to drop some really good wisdom for our listeners and motivation, inspiration along the way too. your your story is inspiring, you know, just knowing a little bit more about you, man. So I'm, I'm excited here. So for those that don't know, Brian, He's a third-generation San Diegan, a third-generation real estate developer as well. So he's got an interesting background. You know, we'll let him you know tell a story. But the president of Responsible Real Estate, they're a San Diego-based real estate investment and brokerage company, and also the principal of Responsible Residential, which is a San Diego-based residential uh, development company. And you know, talking to Brian a little bit, you know, we're excited to hear he's done overall been involved in about $60 million plus land acquisition, one and a half million, you know, square footage of self-storage entitlements and development. So that's some serious numbers. And, you know, we've got a lot of experience, like you said, third generation. So Brian, thank you again for having, you know, for for coming on the show. And then why don't you just start off in your own words, who are you, what are you doing? And we'll dive into a great conversation. Yeah. Awesome, Abel. I appreciate it, man. You make it sound so big. You know, I guess just through the process, you know, and some diligence, you're able to be involved in some big numbers. I appreciate that. I'm very humbled to have participated and been a part of the land acquisitions and the and the self-storage development. So yeah, like you said, man, I'm third generation San Diegan, third generation real estate developer here. I am extremely blessed that I have a a family business that focuses on self-storage development. But that's not how I got into real estate. I got into real estate in a totally different way. I was like anybody else. You know, I I had a job, but my my first real quote-unquote job, you know, I was selling women's shoes at Nordstrom. (laughs) (laughs) And it was awesome, man. You know, it it. it was a fantastic job. But, you know, I also looked 
to my left and to my right. And, you know, I was probably the youngest person on the floor, you know, about 20 years old, you know, 20 to 21. And I was making more money than most of those people because we get our sales numbers. So I'm, I'm looking to my left and my right and I'm going, okay, good job. I'm making great money, you know, 21 years old, but you know, this is not what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Right. (laughs) There will be no, um, there will be no Al Bundy here. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, Whenever no, I no. hear selling women's shoes, my head always goes to me. Yeah. Oh, uh, man, I, I got that so many you're, times. You're aging us um, a little bit. Aging us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I got an invitation from a, from a friend of mine, a great guy, creative guy, interesting guy that he was into power electronics and sold his business. And this was kind of just, you know, like 2004, 2005. So real estate was, you know, absolutely booming. And he was doing his first real estate project in La Mesa. And he said, Hey, you know, why don't you come, you know, kind of be my apprentice. And I thought, well, shoot, you know, what I know about real estate and what the family was involved in, I, I, you know, piqued my interest. Right. So I went to go work for this guy and we, he was pseudo retired. Right. So he wanted to start businesses around things that he liked. So he wanted to start a wine bar, you know, and he wanted to do like an adventure rental business. And I thought, man, all that stuff sounds really cool. And there's business aspects involved, things that I'm not doing right now that I can learn from because this guy just sold a pretty big business and has some money to invest. And so mm-hmm. I sat for the very first time in meetings with architects and civil engineers for this condo project. And I just fell in love, just absolutely fell in love. I'm like, this is the stuff right here. So I started reading books. I started, I said, okay, well, let me get my salesperson license, you know, so, uh, yeah. you know, then I can maybe learn how to look at property, you know, just trying, I was looking at tools, what tools are available. I started asking my questions, Abe. I started, I started looking around going, well, how does somebody say, you know, that per, that, that building or that piece of dirt is worth $500,000, right? Mm-hmm, how, mm-hmm. Where do they come up with those numbers? And so, man, I just, I just dug the best that I possibly could and just, you know, any bit of research I can get my hand on and just learning, learning like crazy. I found a piece of property. This is my first real estate deal. Okay. I found a piece of property in Santee and it was 16,000 square feet. So a real small piece zoned light industrial, but it had houses all around it. And it was donated to the YMCA. They wanted $250,000. And so we made them an offer for $150,000 and they accepted it. And so the guy that I was, you know, apprenticing under, he said, Oh, yeah, let's buy this and we could build a, you know, an industrial spec building. And I said, fantastic. I said, how much do I need? He's like, oh, you want to invest? I said, yeah, absolutely. He said, well, it's me and a friend of mine. Why don't you put in $50,000? Well, I didn't have $50,000. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said, so I went to my mom and I sat down with my mom. I had just learned how to do a, you know, back of the napkin pro forma. Yeah. <laughs> you know, from reading one of my books. And I took out my eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper I said, mom, I need to borrow $50,000. And here's what, here's what we're going to do. Right. Like, uh, like with all the confidence in the world. Right. And so I show her, you know, we're going to build this spec building and we're going to work, you know, it's going to be 7,500 square feet. And this is how I pay you back. Anyway, long story shorter is we ended up selling that piece of property because like six months later, we got an offer for 425,000 and we paid 150 for it. Right now. Yeah. Times were good, right? I may have missed this, but your mom, she did fund you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, thankfully, she's, I mean, she's one of my biggest supporters. And 
Thankfully, she was ignorant, right? She, she just didn't know. She just wanted to support me. She trusted. Right? She tr- well, yeah. It was, it was yeah. Not, not about trust in this, you know, this particular story. It's more of you didn't know what you didn't know. and But it yeah, had, totally. su- had success, man. That's a great. So that was well, kind of your you know, first, and, your and first a, investor. That's it. A rising tide lifts all boats. And the commercial real estate world at that point, real estate world in general, was just, you know, it was booming. So, you know, I'll take that, right? I mean, it was yeah. like a, a point in time that I was like, okay, you know, I paid my mom back. I, I gave her some, uh, you know, the interest that I said I was going to give her, you know, after all the fees and everything, yeah. $70,000 were sitting in my bank. And I was like, all right, how do we do that again? You yeah. know, I mean, I yeah. was just like, I was floored, right? And what age was this? And so I would, this was in 2005, so I was like, like 20, 25, 26. Okay. So, so, so relatively 20, quick. 24, 25. Yeah. Yeah. Relatively 24, quick 25. after that made that decision from selling shoes to say, you know, I'm going to go do it. Okay. So I'm, I'm following. This is a great Oh story. yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, you know, I just went, I was like, man, I, I was all in, right. I'm like, mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. every bit of this. I loved the, the pursuit, you know, the finding the deal, the contract is like my first contract, right? I mean, everything about it, I loved. And this is when I was helping him with his real estate deal. Santee, we had just sold. And I sat back and it was like, okay, how do I do that again? What's my next step? And at that point, the city of La Mesa actually got sued. California is known for environmental groups and they didn't like the way that the city did their, updated their general plan. And so the condo project in Santee happened to be one of seven that had to go basically a pause. And so what it did is like, you know, here's me learning, I'm active, I'm moving. And then the projects I were working on just came to a halt. And I was like, man, okay, that's, that's a bummer. But at the same time, what's the next step? And my next step was twofold, call the family and let them know what you're doing. And two, I wanted to go back and finish school because I never actually got my college degree. I went to school for two years and then I went into selling shoes because I didn't know what the heck I was going to do with my life. Right. So I had two years left of school and I went through national university and uh, they had a a business program and and they had a concentration in entrepreneurship. And I thought, man, this is cool, but I don't want to go to school for two years. Right. So I told them, I said, "I, I need to, I need to fast track this somehow. And they said, well, you can take two classes per month. You can do one on site, and one online, but you can only do that three months out of the year, like three out of the 12 months. That doesn't work for me. So how do we, how do I do it every month? Right. Cause I wanted to finish in a year and they said, well, write a letter to the Dean. So I did. And he said, as long as you keep a 3.75 GPA, then you can take as many classes as you want. I don't care. So I finished my 22 months in 13 months. Mm-hmm. And at that same time is when I called the family up for the very first time. And I said, this real estate stuff, I love. And I just happen to have a family business that does this stuff. And I want some, I mean, in short, I, I, I want in. And, you know, if you know a little bit about my family, it's, it's kind of like tough love. So it wasn't necessarily a come in with open arms, you know, we'll take care of you. It was, you don't know what you're doing. Don't waste our time. And what you'll learn about me is I don't, I don't really take no for an answer. <laughs> that's just like, well, maybe I'm not explaining myself correctly. <laughs> that's, that's what I hear. So, <laughs> so it's, you know, it certainly I, seems like that in your story <laughs> thus far, Brian, uh, you're like, man, let's figure out how to get through it. Yeah. Let's, what's the next step. 
Well, you know, a, a no is, I think of that as like, whatever I just said to you, you heard something different or interpreted it different. Because what I'm proposing shouldn't be a no, it should be a conversation at the yeah. very least, right? Yeah. So what I had said to my uncle, his name is also Brian, as I said, okay, how about you just give me a trial period? Let me work for you for six months. And I'm going to work under a guy named Tyler Exter, who's one of my mentors today. And uh, I'm going to work for him. And he's in acquisitions. He ran the acquisitions department. And in six months from today, you go ask Tyler. And if I'm wasting his time, I'll walk away. But if I'm not wasting his time, then, you know, I'd love to stay and, and learn and, you know, be a part of the team. Anyway, that was obviously I got in, you know, I worked for the family and six months later, I, you know, I checked the box and I was able to stay. Right. Yeah. And I was there for 10 years, man. I worked there for 10 years. Man, 10 um, years. For, you went yeah. from, you know, can I get into like, yeah, you're a staple. Hopefully we're not leaving the company anytime soon, which I, yeah. know, well, yeah. I know the end yeah. of the punchline there is he eventually did, but tell us about the roles. Like, okay, let's just, you know, in a quick rundown, how did, uh, what yeah. kind of roles did you have in those 10 years? What'd you start at? Mm -hmm. What'd you move to? Yeah. So, I mean, I started essentially as like an intern. Okay. And in, intern in two, first. This, this was in, yeah. So this was kind of like 2007. This would be my trial period. And yes. this was, you know, it was, excuse me, it was like right before the crash. It was actually like, it was like end of 2007 was like a trial period. And then I started working in 2008, which was very, you know, very interesting time. So it was like intern, but it was like acquisitions, right? So, you know, my first assignment from Tyler, my boss was, you know, he gave me his, his printout of is like, you know, his 10 page cash flow, you know, pro forma. And he said, create this on Excel. And I'm like, what? You know, I mean, I didn't know what Excel was, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it took me three weeks, but thanks for Google and uh, the YouTubes of the world, right? I recreated his pro forma, it took me three weeks, and then he gave me a deal underwrite, and I was within, you know, 10 bips of, of his pro forma. So he's like, okay, cool. Okay. Now, don't use yeah. yours, use mine. But at least I, <laughs> I knew the ins and outs of it, right? Yeah. Which was uh, tons of fun. But, yeah, I mean, it was all... The, the 10 years were all in acquisition. It's actually funny. So Tyler, Tyler's a pretty big guy, tall, just a big dude and can be intimidating. You know, people say he's really grumpy and, you know, don't talk to Tyler. And, uh, and I didn't know any, any difference. I, he just, my first day, he said, come in my office. And he like slammed the door. He's like trying to create some, you know, some fear, I guess, you know, slams the door, sits down. He's like, what are you doing here? Right. And I'm going, you know, I want to work in acquisitions. He's like, well, I, I don't know you. I don't know how we work together. I don't know how sophisticated you are. You know, real estate's a whole new language. Do you even understand like, yeah, you know, the terms? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm here to learn. You know, I, I certainly not want to waste your time. I'm here to learn. He's like, well, where do you see yourself in five years? I said, I'm going to be sitting in your chair. And he, <laughs> he got so pissed. He's like, that's the most arrogant, crazy, you know, the worst comment you could say, like, how dare you say, you're going to be sitting in my chair in five years, right? Mm -hmm. And I just listened. And I looked at him and I said, well, Tyler, I'm learning from the best, aren't I? He's my direct superior. Like, I'm learning from him. And he kind of smiled, sat down. And honestly, like, we've been best friends ever since. Like, he's my mentor, right? Tons of fun. I was able to, you know, fortunate enough to sit in his office through the downturn. And we, you know, there was not a whole lot going on. But we looked at thousands of deals. And we would talk about, you know, capital markets and we would talk macro, micro, you name it, right? And kind of talking about all the what ifs. 
costs, right? Okay, well, if you had, you know, $100 million sitting in your bank account, what would you be doing with it right now? Would you be like that guy in the Bible, right, that buries it in the sand? You know, we didn't say it in those words, but that's what comes to mind, you know, when I picture that, or would you go put it to work? And so we make up all these hypotheticals, you know, which was cool because like years later, we got to have that conversation again. And of course, I'm totally ignorant, right? I don't know the cycles. I'm not bruised like like these guys are. I'm fresh. And I'm looking at all of these self-storages out there in 2009 and 10 that were like, financially, it made no sense, right? To buy this thing for like $4 million because you're going, I'm not really making that much on my money. But one thing that we were overlooking at that point was you couldn't go rebuild any of those stores for the price that they were trading at. They were trading at so far below replacement costs. It was staggering. And I remember having that conversation with Tyler, like Tyler, what would it cost to build one of these things? He's like, I don't know. I mean, probably, you know, maybe it's 6 million. I'm like, well, they're selling it for four, you know, He's like, yeah, but it doesn't make any financial sense. I'm like, I know, but we're in it for the long haul, right? We don't need to make money tomorrow, but you know, fast forward 10 years, we might be in a good position. Anyway, I just happened to be right. And I'm not saying I'm right all the time and I'm wrong. A lot of the times I like to have good conversations with people, but in that particular case, I remember making offers on stuff for like $4 million and they wanted like $5 million. And, you know, in like a 24 month period, that same store was trading for 15. I mean, it was like mind blowing, you know, absolutely mind blowing. So our game in the family business, Abel wasn't existing stores or necessarily even opportunities. You know, the family was focused 100% on buying land or teardowns and developing new products. So out of the, when I left, we had 58, 58 self storages out of the 58 self storages, four of them were existing that we had purchased for all of them have their own story, but the rest of them were ground up development opportunities. I mean, that's what the family did and that's what they were focused on. And Mm -hmm. so really going from the intern to then, you know, full blown acquisitions, working under Tyler, Tyler retired in 2012. And then I became the manager. So I was right. <laughs> and I was sitting in his chair in five years, which is funny. So I'm right. sitting in his chair, you know, in, two, in 2012. And I felt so blessed to have such a great team around me, sharpening my skill set, you know, challenging me to get better. But, you know, there did come a time sort of transitioning, Abel. There, there did come a time where I just felt like, you know, this isn't right for me anymore. And mainly because I'm focused on growth if I'm not growing professionally, if I'm not growing spiritually, if I'm not growing with my wife and my family, you know, personally, then it's time to replace that. It's time to move on. It's time to pivot or do something a little bit different. Before you get into this transition period, because I I do want to dig into it, right? I think it's a great one. There's a couple of things I want to highlight, like even for our listeners, it's you, you know, first, you know, quickly realized look to your left, look to your right. This is not what I want to do. You can figure out your paycheck pretty quickly. It sounds like you were a top performer, you know, even back then. And he said, Hey, you have to make the decision to move. And what I think that was a, was a good point because you're not, you know, none of us are trees. We can literally get up and move our situation. And I hear so many people that are upset or tired or irritated or frustrated with their job because I end up due to, talking to a lot of people that say, Hey, I want to do what you're doing. 
I want to be in real estate. I'm tired of my job. I'm like, okay, well, cool. But they, you know, if you're tired of your job, you know, no, no one's keeping you there. You know, you, you can leave at any given time. That's it. So that, that's the first one. You know, I think I recognize yep. early on your story and then fighting to get in even before the business, your first deal. Most people would look at this thing and say like, I don't have 50 grand. There's no way to get it. So you did lean to mom as the first investor. However, some people would, you know, if she would have said, no, I have a feeling you're the type of person that would have figured out how to find it one way or the other. And, you know, <laughs> you know, doing that, it's yeah. like, okay, you well, you come out with 70 K in your, in your bank account, which, you know, in your twenties is pretty nuts to have it all at one time. And that's an amazing kind of feat, but then realizing, you know, make the decision early. This is where, where I'm going to go fighting to get in your family business. Again, nothing handed to you. And then I heard one, like thousands of transactions. So, you know, let's talk about this for a moment, right? Most people, when I see them kind of getting in, and this was me too, I'm speaking to myself, which is mm-hmm. I looked at a pro forma or I looked at the financial analysis, not being a financial, uh, you know, f- finance kind of background guy. That's just not me or how I was kind of built. It took me a while to kind of say, oh, I think I got to get it. Profit and loss, you know, income expenses, <laughs> projection in the future. Here's many multiple tabs because this thing has assumptions all over the place. Any number of these things could change, right? So yep. you kind of took that first cycle, three weeks to break out your first one. So anybody that's listening, like even that alone, like it may take you a month to get you know, figure out your first one. But some people would stop after five or six hours and you did it. Yeah. You know, push past the five or six, eight hours, push past 10 hours, push past two days, five days, three weeks. And it eventually yeah. it's like, okay, I got it. And then the repetition of thousands of transactions. So these yep. are those things that most people don't account for today. Cause when you break into your story, Brian, we're going to talk about all this good stuff, right? You kind of laid in the foundation. I just want to make sure our listeners here, like, these are the things that, you know, you want to get $60 million of transactions. Like this is kind of foundation. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the five talents podcast. After listening to a few episodes deep down, do you know that multifamily and commercial real estate investing is one of the best ways to create financial freedom? If you said yes to that question, and you are where I was a few years ago, then I'd absolutely love to connect with you. A few years ago, I started personally consuming a ton of real estate education. I traveled all over the country, as many real estate conferences and seminars that I could go to. I took 200 plus hours of real estate education. I spent thousands of dollars along the way. And I did this because I knew the path to financial freedom for me and my family was through commercial real estate and syndication. So if you've made a similar decision, I'd love to connect with you. And potentially in the future, I'd love to partner with you as well. Take a moment, go to 5tcre.com forward slash invest. And I'd love to set up a time to talk. So before you, yeah, let me, piggyback on that just real quick and expand on that thousands because, because you're absolutely right. I mean, so the family sort of the mantra and the way forward and the goals every year, right? The goals every year were literally summed up in buy the best two pieces, two P 
pieces of property that we can find in a given year. Okay. Two, buy the best two. And I can tell you, this is pretty high level, but I've thought a lot about this after doing it for so long. Two properties required me to go through probably, you know, maybe it's like 2000 deals. Okay. And out of the 2000 deals, I probably wrote letters of intent on maybe 50. Okay. Out of the 2000 and out of the letter of intent that actually moved to, you know, a contract sort of negotiation, I would say out of the 50, there was probably 12. And out of those 12, we probably bought two. So, I mean, that's kind of the, you know, you're going through 2000 to like 50 uh, enough to make a letter of intent. And out of the 50, you might move to a contract of 12 and, you know, and, and sort of start your due diligence. But out of those 12, two are the ones that you actually end up buying for a lot of different reasons. I mean, it's, it is deal flow. When you say deal flow, that's deal flow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I talked to, you know, some many multiple people that are trying to get in on their first deal or maybe they're, you know, they've gotten in one, but they're trying to get the second one. And, you know, I kind of think they're shocked a little bit. I'm shocked a little bit about the thousands of transactions because I thought, well, shoot, I got to look through at least a hundred of these things to kind of find one and, you know, put an offer. And sometimes I win it, sometimes I don't, but you know, thousands of transactions is definitely at a different kind of level, but you're still like, you're sorting and trying to find the deal that actually works as opposed Mm -hmm. to setting yourself up for a rough go. If you overpay for this property, you're going to set yourself up. It's way easier to get, feel the pain of underwriting that many than to feel the pain of getting in a bad deal. 100% 100% able, 100%. Life is too stinking short, man. If you're kidding yourself, I mean, I can make a pro forma look however you want it to look like, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, I, you often hear, you know, numbers don't lie. I, I, can, I can make them lie any which way I want to. I can make anything look yeah. as good as you want it to look, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, really diving into those assumptions. So, I mean, if you're the one actively doing that research and doing the underwriting, right? I mean, don't lie to yourself, right? I mean, don't lie to yourself. Like be confident in those assumptions because, you know, that's when you're really going to find the deal that you're confident enough to go through. Yeah. If you've got, man, a lot of times it, you know, you, you might have some gut feeling about one thing or another and just trust it because life's too stinking short to get into a bad deal. It just is. There's plenty of deals to go around. Just keep looking. I will also say that, you know, I think we all have just some unreal potential in us. All of us do. And I think that most of us don't really tap into that potential because, you know, we're, it's really two things. I mean, it's like fear and acceptability. Those are kind of the two things. That's how I sum it up. It's like, you know, I don't know, you know, step 10, so I'm not going to take step one. That's junk, dude. No one knows step 10. We're all trying to figure it out. But if you know step one, take it, and then step two will come. But the more you just sit in your chair and not do anything and, you know, just hypothecate to yourself, you know, you're not going to do anything. So for your listeners that are just, you know, sitting, I'm not saying make dumb decisions, make good decisions, but stop sitting in your chair. Take the next step because, 
man, if we had more people taking that next step, this world would be in an awesome place, you know, throw the fear and throw that, you know, whatever the acceptability that you have in your head, it's trash, man, throw it away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and there's a number of things that you had to overcome. And so let's, you know, if I could fast forward a little bit, you yeah. ultimately came to a decision to say, do I keep working with the company or moving, mm-hmm. right? So tell us a little bit yeah. about that and, and uh, tell us about this mindset. So the hardest decision I've made to date, hands down, was leaving what is basically as secure as security gets. I think a lot of people are out there looking for, you know, the job that I had. And hopefully I put enough color around the family business and some personalities for listeners to realize just because I was family didn't mean I I necessarily had a secure job there. I was treated like all other employees as I should have been. I'm not saying that was the wrong thing to do. That was actually the right thing to do. But the point is I was in a good position. I was finding deals and I was in a position where literally I didn't have to worry about a paycheck and I didn't really have to worry about my wealth always growing. Two really good things that I think a lot of people are striving for, but I was dying inside, absolutely dying. Okay. So after you, you know, kind of think about the 10,000 hour rule or whatever you want to call it. After you do something for so stinking long with repetition like that, and I was basically only allowed to buy two deals a year, I could do (laughs) that literally sleeping. Literally, I could do it in my sleep, you know, and I, that was just a lot of stinking work and repetition to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So I had, I was exploring with the family, like how does Brian, you know, in the family business and the structure that the family business has, like, how do I sort of keep growing, right? How do I take what we have and maybe launch a complimentary business or be involved in some other stuff that I could keep growing in? And unfortunately it became clear over a period of time that that wasn't going to happen. And so I was forced to make a decision. I either live, within the confines of the family business and keep my head down and I'm going to be fine in 20 years type of mentality, or, you know, it's time for me to rotate out and do something different. And again, hardest decision I made in my life, but I look at it like I was ultimate security with no potential. I traded it for extreme amount of risk, but unlimited potential. And I made that jump in 2017. I will highlight though, that part of, I mean, it was, it was a tough transition, but, you know, before I left, there was sort of a state planning like put in place and I was the guy tapped to, you know, take the helm to run the family business. I'm not going to put a number on it, but it's, you know, it's 58 stores. It's over 40,000 units. I mean, it's all in California. It's a substantial business. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, you're going to run it. And I kindly said, not for me. No, thank you. I need to go do what God's calling me to do, period. And that's grow. I think God's calling all of us to grow. So I transitioned out and I started a company. A lot of thought and process went into the name and how we would start it. But basically, the responsible real estate, you know, it's not my company. It's God, dude. I just get to shepherd it. He gave me the vision for it. And it's based off of Galatians 5.13. So Galatians 5.13, we're called to live in freedom. Brothers and sisters, don't use your freedom to serve your selfish desires, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And I add so they can grow. And so I I thought about that. And I thought about, you know, responsible real estate. I thought that was cool. It has uh, some buzzwords to it. And I said, you know, people are going to think, you know, it's kind of like do the right thing. 
But I looked at it as like, if you break up the word responsible, it's like your response ability. Okay. So your responsibility, if I respond to situations, right. Uh, my response could determine how, if it's fruitful or unfruitful and if it's unfruitful, then, then change it. But the whole point is it, the more that I respond to the situations, the more and engage with people, the more that we all grow. And so that's kind of where the responsible real estate comes from. And then, you know, I, I just kind of, now I, now we have a real estate development arm and we call that responsible residential and we're building out a capital raising arm. We call it responsible equity. So, you know, kind of all the same meaning, but we launched that in June, 2017, responsible real estate. Right. All right, man. Congratulations. And what an amazing kind of run just to kind of, you know, just to kind of recap these things. It's you had the position or seat, you know, whatever you want to call it. You were going to be the, the individual that took the helm of a pretty massive California business. And I say California because I'm in Texas. So the price per square foot is a little different over there. So when you say mm-hmm. some of these numbers different from Texas real estate to California. So you know, I would say that's, you know, one of those things where you kind of sounds like you had it in your mind, this is what I'm going to go do. And this is why. And, you know, no matter how, how big the, the prize may have been, you realize I need to be happy. I need to do it the way I want to do it. And, you know, try to try to live this new direction. And, and then you took the leap, you know, so all the things that were in your mind, let's go dive forward and, and you made it happen. So that's, that's amazing. You know, you recognize, you know, God through it, right. It's, that's the reason, sole reason I've had the success I've had. And, and I like the way you, you, you know, you say it, it's like, Hey, that's the, the servitude part of it. And I've, I've got to go serve. So, you know, that's uh that's amazing, man. I was just th- thinking about this earlier. Somebody put a post on service and I go, yeah, I'm here to serve the Lord. And there's all these things that I, that I want to do. Most of them, they're my, my desires, wants, needs, all these things. And I'm like, that's probably not what he wants. So, and if I keep focused on him, all those other things actually get met anyways. <laughs> like, it's funny how all this stuff works out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, we both think alike. I mean, that's how we found each other in the, in the mastermind. So, yeah. you know, and I think there are probably a lot of listeners, if they don't, you know, listen up. But, you know, that think along these lines is, you know, we, I want more than anything, you know, I want to be in his plan. And I want to be, you know, I want to be used as his vessel, how he sees me. You know, he made us for a reason. He made us with unique gifts. And, you know, and I just, I want to work, you know, where, with the gifts he gave me and, you know, and ultimately reveal his character through the products that we create, which is, uh, which is really fun to do. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, thank you very much for sharing. And your deal, I'll say, I saw a post the other day, maybe, you know, as we're wrapping up to the end. You're on this big, yeah. nice piece of land and you're like, hey, we're about to break ground and we're freaking there. So tell us about this project really quick before we go. And then, you know, we'll end kind yep. of on this note, man. Tell me what you're doing today. Yeah, good. So the, you know, there's a, there's a few things that we're focused on, but really most of it is all around multifamily development, Able, So I live in, in San Diego and most of the projects I'm involved in are in San Diego and sort of a a quick stat on San Diego. I mean, we could build 110,000 new multifamily units over the next five years and still not catch up with demand. I mean, we are so underserved here. It's crazy. And it's also one of those products coming from self-storage that 
most people don't want to see new self-storages added in their market. A lot of people now recognize the need for more housing, and the cities have come alongside that use for new development and, and gave you a little bit of tailwinds. doesn't make it easy, but they gave you a little bit of tailwinds to try to get some deals done. And so we're focused on adding to the much-needed supply here in San Diego. My first deal has a story in and of itself, so I can't get into that because I know we're, we're short on time. But that has a God story. I was actually brokering the deal. I don't know how many brokers out there bought your own deal, but I was one of them. You know, I was actually putting together a joint venture and then the joint venture fell apart. And it just, God was tugging on me saying, this is your deal. You're going to go build homes. And through a lot of things that shouldn't have taken place, I bought it. And I basically called a few family members and said, here's the deal. You know, uh, from all the self-storage stuff, I now know how to pitch deals. <laughs> I know what matters, right? So, so, I mean, I put together a package and I showed them, like, here's the deal. Here's what we're going to do. And that project was a $1.5 million equity raise. We raised it. We bought the land and took us 12 months to get from the time we purchased the land to process all of the building permits, offsite improvements, and grading plan. And we broke ground November, I think it was 16th, actually, is when we broke ground. So um, under construction, it's 10 townhomes, and we plan to rent them out. We think it's a terrific rental product. And then we've got two more coming up. We've got two properties in North Park area here in San Diego. It's a 30-unit multifamily and a 100-unit multifamily. And then I have my first property under contract in, uh, in Boise, Idaho. I love that market, and I love the growth. And that, like San Diego, is one of those markets that need townhomes and apartments, and they don't have a whole lot of people up there doing townhomes and apartments. And so I have my first property under contract there, and that's a 68-unit project. So right. a lot of movement, a lot of stuff happening, man, yeah. and I'm just happy to be a part of it. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Find the land, get it entitled, you know, raise some capital. Let's freaking do the grading and drainage and let's get after it, right? Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then start, start your vertical. And then on those, you know, deals, you said 30 unit, 100 unit, 68 unit. So it's definitely steamrolling right now. And in some period, in some period of time, uh, I saw you and your family pictures. I, I hope your family has the same struggle somewhere down the line. They say, oh, I don't know if I should ask Brian if I can join the family business, man. So I, I wish you nothing but a lot of success and through that and through the journey, my friend. So that's awesome. Well, before we go, if our listeners, you know, somebody wants to get into your world, learn a little bit more about what you're doing, invest sure. or partner or something with you over there in San Diego, where, where should we reach out? Yeah. Best way to find me is, is on my website, www.responsiblere.com. And you could, you know, join an email list. You can book a call. You can call my cell or email me directly. Happy to get in touch. Yes, we are actively raising money for one of the uh, North Park projects. And then the other North Park and the Boise are a little bit further behind, but those will be coming down the pike here uh, real soon. Yeah, that's awesome. And is there anything we didn't talk about today that you really wanted to bring some exposure to? So like something I didn't ask about, something you forgot to mention, just any of those last you know insights. I want to make sure we give you a few minutes too. I did touch on it a little bit. I just, you know, as listeners hear from you, they hear from me, they hear from a lot of other people. I mean, there's a lot of places to get information these days. And 
I'm not unlike any of you guys. I don't have it figured out. I'm exploring. None of us have it figured out, you know? So if you hear or talk to somebody or hear from somebody, it seems like, man, they just made money overnight. They just got lucky. Uh, Nothing could be further from the truth, man. Everybody put their time in, had a lot of diligence and became really good at what they're doing. And so I just, you know, encourage people to just start, take that next step. Don't wait. Whether that is, you know, passively, you know, investing in one of Abel's deals, passively investing in one of my deals, going and finding, you know, your, your first home to buy. I don't care what it is. If you're interested, man, just get moving, find a mentor and get moving. I mean, that's, that's the greatest thing you can do for you, your family and your future kids if you don't have them. All right. I love it. Thank you very much. You, this is a, an awesome show, Brian, you know, just really real with us and, and your story. And I'm sure there are many multiple people that can relate to, you know, the ups and downs and all arounds. And for you on your side, very inspiring and encouraging for those listeners that are on the other side. And Brian said, if you're thinking about it, it's just, you don't have to know the 10th step, just take the first step. That's awesome. So Brian, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And again, my name is Abel Pacheco. I'm your host for the five talents podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If there was some value that you got from it, I would encourage you also, we'd love you to subscribe, rate and review, leave a written review for our show. It really helps us in the ratings and make sure we can have some amazing guests like Brian in the future. So thank you very much. Later, Brian. See you brother. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from other industry experts and commercial real estate investors who followed their dreams and achieved massive success. If you enjoyed this episode, then you're going to want a copy of our Passive Investor's Guide, Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. It's the guide we use to invest in $93 million of commercial real estate. It's a 65 page ebook. It's a great resource to learn the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications. And we're gonna show you how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating, I'm gonna give you a free copy. So take a moment to do that now. We'd appreciate it. And then you can register for the book at 5tcre.com forward slash ebook 5tcre.com forward slash ebook let us know and we're going to send you a copy thank you so much for subscribing to the five talents podcast